you are listening to podplanet.org, where the stories are between 83 to 100% true. And now, Podplanet presents The Haunted Hotel. Let us begin. There was a time when my colleagues and I were doing a lot of work in Southern California. Santa Monica, to be more precise. Santa Monica's a beautiful place. Situated high on some bluffs, overlooking a beautiful crescent-shaped beach. And beyond that, the Pacific Ocean. It's sunny most of the time, with a cool breeze coming in off Santa Monica Bay. And the beach, well, it has trails for biking, skateboarding, and running. It's one of the reasons why Southern California's impossibly fit residents remain impossibly fit. When we were working out there, we'd usually stay at the same hotel partly out of convenience, partly due to habit. And the hotel would give us favorable treatment because we were regulars. And it had a beautiful view of the sun-dappled Pacific that stretched to the horizon. In other words, it's the last sort of place you'd think something sinister was afoot. Oh, but I was wrong. So very, very wrong. The hotel was built overlooking the Pacific in the 1920s. It replaced the estate of an early California senator. A senator with a somewhat mysterious past. Only two remnants of the senator's original estate exist today. One is a massive fig tree from Australia, planted in the 1880s. The other remnant, we eventually discovered, is the ghost of a child, an apparition that comes and goes and tends to reside in the darkened hallways and storage areas, a couple floors below the hotel. We'd spent enough time there that we were friendly with the waitstaff and bellman. And one October, Hector, a longtime hotel employee, told us he'd just been downstairs and had just seen the ghost. What ghost? we asked. Oh, it's a friendly ghost, Hector said. Not a scary ghost, not like a poltergeist or anything. It's a kid. Sometimes he just appears. He looks like he's 10 or 11 years old. So, we asked our waitress if she'd seen the ghost. Maria, have you seen the ghost? Oh yes, we all have, said Maria. He's friendly, you know, like Casper the friendly ghost. Sometimes he waves and then just disappears. I think, I think he was one of the senator's sons. He used to live here before the hotel was built. You're listening to podplanet.org. Well, one of our travel colleagues, let's call him Richard. Richard had had a well-known collection of phobias, like foods he refused to eat, 
when he traveled, he brought his own cutlery with him. And no one could touch Richard without permission. Kind of a Howard Hughes thing. But a fear of ghosts. None of us knew about Richard's fear of ghosts until Hector told us the story. And Richard, being Richard, went silent. His eyes widened. Then he looked down at his watch and left in the middle of dinner because he had to make a conference call. And another fellow traveling colleague, well, he was born with a devious streak. We called him Devious Dean. Devious Dean immediately took note of Richard's apparent ghost phobia and hatched a plan. First, we'd go to the Toys R Us just up the street and buy a baby monitor, the kind that transmits the noises of a newborn so parents can know if the baby needs a feeding. Once we'd secured the baby monitor, my colleague talked to the desk clerk. Again, the people at the hotel knew us well from our having stayed there so often, and they opened Richard's room for us while he was away. That allowed us to plant the baby monitor speaker under Richard's bed. And later that night, at the appointed hour, 2 a.m., we co-conspirators gathered in my colleague's room, which was right next to Richard's room. Richard had already gone to bed and had been asleep for a couple of hours. We'd written some lines. Mommy, I'm so cold. Mommy, is that you? Where's my teddy bear? Where's Daddy? I'm lonely. I'm lonely and I miss you. These lines were masterfully delivered into the baby monitor transmitter by another one of our co-conspirators. We'll call her Catherine. Catherine sounded like a lonely, forlorn child ghost who wanted nothing more than to be reunited with his family. Meanwhile, Richard eventually awoke after a few minutes of the hearing. From the speaker we'd planted under his bed, the heartbreaking pleas of a child who'd been cast adrift in a lonely netherworld. After eight or ten minutes of this, the hotel phone in Devious Dean's room rang. Can I come over to your room? Asked Richard on the speakerphone. Something really weird is going on. While the rest of us hid in Devious Dean's bathroom, Richard recounted for Dean his story, his fear of ghosts. Hector's story about the apparition he'd seen in the hotel and the child's voice he'd heard recently. Richard was totally freaked. While the five of us, or so co-conspirators, quietly remained in the bathroom, Dean went to his hotel room's minibar and poured Richard a drink in an effort to calm him down. The next day, we removed the baby monitor from under Richard's bed, but the experience had affected him so deeply, Richard asked to be moved to another hotel room a room that Richard didn't have to share with any unwanted guests. And so it came to be, Richard's fear of ghosts was, now, more profound than ever, which only served to provide Devious Dean with yet another idea. Next trip, when we returned to California, 
Devious Dean visited an antique store and bought a turn-of-the-century greeting card. And this being October, just a week before Halloween, Devious Dean used pen and ink and mailed the card to Richard. The card carried the following message. Dear Richard, thank you for spending time with us in Santa Monica. My son tells me he paid you a visit. I'm so happy that the two of you got to meet each other. I shall make every effort to try to greet you the next time you grace us with your presence. Looking forward to seeing you. The Honorable Nathan Baxter, proud senator of the great state of California. We weren't there to see Richard's reaction when he opened the card. But one can only imagine Richard slept with the lights on for quite some time after that, if Richard did, indeed, sleep at all. So, dear listeners, if you experience something, anything, bordering on the metaphysical, the paranormal, the supernatural, you'll have to ask yourself, did this really happen? Is it my imagination? Is it just my mind? Or is it my so-called friends playing tricks on me? These and other mysteries of the universe are the kind of things we have to ask ourselves every day when you come from a place called Pod Planet. theme was composed by Jonathan Goldsmith, creative consultant Monique Kelly, digital and audio design by Oliver Wickham and Aidan Vickery, Pod Planet announcer Jean-Francois. Additional and highly deserved credits are listed on podplanet.org. If you haven't subscribed to Pod Planet yet, subscribe now. Go to our webpage, podplanet.org. Pod Planet is one word and click follow on whatever podcatcher you're using. You'll find Pod Planet on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Google Play, and YouTube. And follow Pod Planet on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Links are available on our webpage. This is Pod Planet Season 2. We'll be back in two weeks with another new and startling episode. Until then, on behalf of Peter McHugh and the whole Pod Planet team, Thanks for listening. I'm Clive Desmond. Pod Planet is part of the Public Radio Exchange and the Association of Independence in Radio. You have been listening to Pod Planet. A new episode drops every two weeks on Thursday. <laughs>